Hello and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with the A.B. Corcor Foundation for Mental Health. I'm Terry, the creator and co-host of this podcast. I've lived with depression most of my life, and I know how easy it can be to feel all alone in the experience. I'm not alone, and you aren't either. And I'm Dr. Anita Sands, a licensed clinical psychologist and life coach with a number of my own diagnoses, all of which bring a certain amount of anxiety and depression along with them. There is great power in shared experiences. We share our own as we engage in intimate and candid conversations with our weekly guests, exploring different perspectives on and experiences with depression. We keep it real because depression is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. You know, there are times in life that the advice that we offer comes from a place of having done something well or right, and we want to share our successful strategies with other people. And there are times we learn lessons from not having chosen the straightest path or having made the best choices. And we share from that perspective which can also be valuable. And that's the case with today's guest, Todd Rennebaum. He's a 45-year-old husband and father who lives with depression, anxiety, and ADHD, and is proudly six years sober. He's also the author of the book, Sometimes Daddy Cries, which we'll be talking about today as we learn the very adult story behind the children's story. Here now is Todd giving his voice to depression. Sometimes Daddy Cries is told through the eyes of a boy whose father suffers from depression. It's written by that father, and it was born from the darkest of times. Actually, the first draft of that book was uh, my last night of drinking. It was actually, it was almost like a suicide note, to be honest with you, when I, the first draft. How, how so? How would that book have been that? My plan was, I'm going to drink all the alcohol in the house, Next morning, I'm going to go to my wife and be like, look, there's no alcohol in the house. Let's, let's keep it this way because if it's in here, I'm going to drink it. So let's please stop bringing alcohol in the house. But um, what ended up happening was I just got so incredibly drunk. Um, I was always, I mean, I was having suicidal thoughts for several years and I had already had a suicide attempt at one point. So um, yeah, I ended up getting really drunk, or really depressed, really, you know, suicidal that night. Uh, and I remember sitting there having this idea of a, of writing a kid's book. It was almost like, almost like an apology to my kids um, or an apology to my wife and everyone around me. Um, and so, I mean, I, I say it was kind of like a suicide note because it was going to be the last thing I did before I died. So, um, so I wrote it, typed it out on my computer. I left the screen open. Yeah, and then I sat for a while. I was crying and I, I, I was trying to decide, do I go through with it or, or what happens here? What ended up happening is that Todd woke his wife and asked her for help keeping him safe. She brought him to a hospital for care. Several years later, after multiple revisions of both his life story and children's story, his book begins with the lighthearted scene of a father helping his son climb a tree. The text reads, Daddy and I have so much fun together. He is big, strong, and funny. 
I want to be just like him when I grow up. And that can be part of the experience of having a father with depression. So can this, which Todd reads from the book. But sometimes Daddy cries. He says he is feeling sad. Daddy needs rest, so he sleeps on the couch or in his bed. He can sleep for a long time. So I want to ask about the word sad, and it is the exact word I would use talking to children about what depression is. But if you were talking to other people with depression or living with someone with depression or supporting someone with depression, how would you describe it differently? Ah, boy. It is so much more than sad. Yeah, it is the feeling of... Oh, Terry, you're asking hard questions today. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a journalist. So, you know, that's my background. No, no, if you're not up good. for it, I can keep it light. No, no. It, it's not that it's hard. It's like it, not emotionally hard. It's just my brain trying to operate hard. Today. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, I would say it is debilitating. It is heavy. Mm. Uh, it's dark. Uh, Sometimes it just feels like a vacuum, like it just, like nothing. It just feels like nothing. And when you think of nothing, like not, it's not even, it's not black, it's not white. You're, you're just in a vacuum of nothingness. And that's scary. Feels, it feels like it's, it's never ending. Even if you've only been feeling it for five minutes, it feels like this is the rest of my life now is going to feel like this. And I don't know how to, It's I, this is just how I am now. So yes. then your brain just starts a cyclone. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it is guilt. It is shame. It is unworthiness. It's, yeah. It's uh, it's sad, and it, all of it together just makes you feel really sad. If you feel anything. If you feel anything, that's right, yeah. In the book, When the Father is Depressed, he and the bed or couch he's on are gray in an otherwise colored illustration. In an effort to normalize and equalize illnesses, the same color treatment is used for the son when he's not well. Again, Todd reads from his book. When I get tummy aches, I need rest too. Mummy says it helps me to feel better. So let's talk about that. A tummy ache, it's beyond common, right? It's a universal experience. Everybody's had a tummy ache and you chose that, I'm sure, intentionally. So let's talk about that comparison yeah. and, and why. Um, well, one, I, I grew up with a stomach ulcer as a little kid, so <laughs> it was very relatable, uh, which turns out it was because of anxiety, which turns out it was because of ADHD. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't know a kid that doesn't know what a tummy ache feels like. Sure. So I wanted something that, uh, you know, every kid can relate to or can understand. So then they can put themselves there and be like, oh, okay. Oh, I've had a tummy ache. Oh, oh, so it, it it's like this. Being sick in the brain or being mentally ill is just like this. And so, yeah, I just... I picked something that would be very common that everyone could relate to. Even a parent, even a parent that might not have ever had depression or something, even the parent can, uh, knows what a stomach ache feels like. And sometimes for either illness, symptoms can get bad enough that we need to get professional help. Reading again. 
Mommy says it's like when my tummy hurt so bad, I needed to see a doctor. Doctor said my body wasn't working right, so it made my tummy sick. Daddy's doctor said his body wasn't working right, and it made Daddy feel sad. I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, it's because <laughs> even even having depression, I don't cut myself the slack of just my body's not working right right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was me yesterday, man. I was, I was having a mental health day, and I turns out I forgot to take my ADHD meds. So then, partly withdrawal, probably partly, you know, I'm just not medicated. So then, all you know, symptoms act up, and then I was like, as soon as I realized, oh yeah, right, I, I forgot to take my pill this morning. That's why that's probably. And then I was like, okay, I can deal with this. It's just a physical thing. It's fine. I'll be fine tomorrow. I'll take my pill and off I go. Whereas in the past, I'd be like, I'm a piece of shit. This is feeling, uh, this is just my life now. You know, like that never ending feeling. Yes. And getting, getting stuck and all that. Yeah. And sometimes as the book continues, an illness can get so bad that we need more help to be safe and to recover. One time daddy got so sad, he had to stay in the hospital. Mommy said he needed special care from nurses and everyone would help him feel good again. I struggled with that line because it was like, eh, we'll feel good again or good enough again, you know? Yeah. But again, it's through the eyes of a kid, so, you know. The hospital, that's a big one because that's scary. You know, when your parent goes to the hospital, when you go to the hospital, that's like next level. That's very different than being on the couch. So let's talk about that yeah. a little bit. That was your experience. You have been hospitalized yes. twice, I think you were. Twice, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, technically three times, I guess. Okay. Twice for depression, once for, for drying out, for like detox okay. and stuff. But to me, it's all the same. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, how, how was it explained to your children when you went to the hospital? Um, honestly, I don't actually know. Because I was in the throes of it. Got it. Um, but I remember coming out and talking to my kids and being like, um, yeah, you know, I was sick and I needed help. Todd, as you may have picked up, does not really sugarcoat any of this. In the sober years since that terrible night he began this book, he's had a lot of time to think about how he wishes he'd handled those early years of his boys' lives. Okay, so this story is not from, I did this great job normalizing depression and making it just like having a tummy ache, and so I wanted to share how well I had done this with other parents. That was not the basis of this story. No. It was basically me learning from my mistakes and trying to help others avoid, you know, like, there's tricks of the trade, you know, when you're working with a carpenter, they're like, hey, instead of taking 10 years to learn this trick, here it is now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. You'll avoid a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, time and issues. And while Sometimes Daddy Cries is a children's book, it's not just children who are learning from it. So parents are saying it's sparking the conversation with children about mental health. Uh, it's great for wives and mothers that are watching their husbands go through these situations. It's also normalizing it for the men. So then the, the men that read it are like, oh, you know, this is a normal thing. As a man, sometimes you feel inadequate, and the book helps you realize everyone goes through this. You're not inadequate. If you were to pick a takeaway, like 
you know, if a child is to read this book, I would like them to understand blank as a result. I would like them to understand that mental illness and mental health issues are just as common and just as normal as having a physical ailment or physical issue and that it is treatable. Sometimes you need medicine. Sometimes you just need rest and that it happens to everybody just to basically normalize mental health and mental illness issues. If you were to write a book for an adult audience, what would you want the takeaway to be? Oh, man. Um, interesting. Probably almost the exact same message, really. Um, and maybe add the part that, you know, just because you're a man, it, it, you know, it's okay to be unhealthy in the brain and and take care of yourself. Todd says if he ever rewrites the book, he would emphasize that more. The idea that men are not inadequate because they suffer from depression or other mental health issues. Oh, and he might add that being angry can be a symptom, so kids don't take it personally if their father, in this case, lashes out at them. Here's how Todd ended this version of the book. Sometimes he still feels sad, and that's okay. Mommy and I let him know we love him. When my tummy hurts, Daddy takes care of me, and I love him so much. When Daddy gets sad, I take care of him, and he loves me so much. Daddy loves me just the way I am, and I love Daddy just the way he is. Give me the why for ending it like that. Why ending it like that? Yeah, like how you chose those words, that thought. How did I end it? I don't remember. Reddish. <laughs> I, I think, again, not to make it too devastatingly sad to let parents and children, and, you know, the parent that's suffering, the parent that's watching the other parents suffer, possibly letting the grandparents, letting the child, letting everyone that has a loved one that's going through this know that it does ebb and flow sometimes. It's not, it doesn't always end up disastrous. Um, and that not to take it personal, like, you know, not if, if, if your dad's going through this, cause they can be irritable, they can be grumpy. They get, you know, Oh my gosh. Yes. That, you know, you're, you're, you're whoever's going through this still loves you, even though it feels like they're avoiding you or they're isolating. And, and that if, if they do take their medication, if they do have space and support, and they see a doctor or a nurse when they need to, that you can come out of this and that it's, it is just like a tummy ache, or at least it can be, if treated, be like a tummy ache, and that there's, there's always hope and that you, you'll always support them and they'll always support you. And with the right care and the right treatment and the right amount of love, there's hope. So Terry, I'm so glad that Todd was willing to come on and talk about this. I love his book. I love the connection that he made for children, for them to understand, and I guess even for adults to understand that depression is an illness. You know, and particularly, I, I still feel like we have an underdiagnosed population of men with depression, underdiagnosed probably by 50%, even though I think the statistics are something like 6 million men um, ha have depression. 
And, you know, they've lived with that double stigma that many of our guests have talked about, you know, the stigma of having a mental health issue or a diagnosis, along with the stigma of being a man with a mental health diagnosis. And so I love that in addition to the children's story, helping kids understand a parent with depression, that he's also helping men to feel like, listen, this is a real thing. It's an illness. It's okay if you have it. It's okay if you're a dad and you have it. Um, I think that's a wonderful thing to to have out there. Absolutely, Anita. And I think that the conversations sparked by reading this book may be uncomfortable. They may be difficult. But as the daughter mm-hmm. of someone who had undiagnosed, untreated, unacknowledged or talked about mm-hmm. mental health issues, I can tell you that not talking about it, not acknowledging it, not naming it is very confusing. Right. Very confusing for the child. And there's sort of no way, especially when anger mm-hmm. When that's a symptom, it's really hard as a child to not think that whoever, and in the case of this book, again, daddy, is angry at you, that you have done something wrong, that you have that you have upset him. Mm-hmm. And um, often, as we have discussed in, in with many of our guests, anger is just a symptom or can be just a symptom of depression. So I think that a book like this or any other way someone chooses to honestly and in a normalizing and non-stigmatizing way discuss the topic of illness equals illness, whether it is what we call a physical illness or a mental illness and odd to differentiate in some way since they're all part of the body. But I really do think this could be um, a great tool to start the conversation, particularly with younger children. Exactly. Yep. Bring it out into the light and it makes it easier for all parties. Maybe not initially, like you're saying, but but eventually. And for the, our listeners, you know, for, for the people hearing this, maybe for the first time, maybe getting a chance to think back to their parents and, and who may have an, had an undiagnosed mental health issue and being able to think back like you like you do. What did I take on that maybe wasn't mine? What were they struggling with that maybe had not ever been diagnosed? It can kind of help people think about, ask some interesting questions. So thank you, Todd. Thank you, Anita. And we will be back next week with another episode. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen 